Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. And with that, if you would like, you can get out uh, the message notes. We're in the final week. This is it, everybody. Final week of our Superheroes message series, and it's been one of my favorite ones. And when you look back, uh, you know, some of the things we've covered, of course, last week, Wonder Woman, uh, who can forget that on Mother's Day, but we've had Batman, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Captain America behind the shield of faith. So, so we go through all of these different superheroes and we see that the, the strengths they have can point us to other strengths that God has given us, whether it's the shield of faith or the belt of truth or the helmet uh, that God gives us of righteousness. All of these different things, the breastplate of righteousness. So as we look at all of these things and, and these superheroes, it leads us to this final day to answer probably the most important question. And that is, if all these superheroes were to fight, which one would win? Of course, that you, you have to know that, that you have that question. Which, which of the superheroes is, is the, the greatest? So this is what I've come up with as a solution that would be awesome. Combine Hunger Games and the Avengers, teams of two, 12 districts, fight to the death, let's see who wins. Would that not be the best movie ever? But it would probably end all movies because then they'd all be dead. But, but you start thinking about that, and uh, believe it or not, it's not my idea. Someone already came up with it on the internet. And then, of course, people commented because they have these strong opinions and, and so the first person said the Hulk would win because he would eat everyone else up or just pound them. Another person said Tony Stark would win. And the reason why is because Tony Stark is smart. And what he would do is, is he would be able to point out the strongest ones, have everyone team up against that, that person, and slowly take the strongest people off, and then he would end up winning. Uh, Another one said that they thought Thor would because Thor has the hammer and no one can match the hammer and and no one can withstand it. Another one said the Red Witch. If you've seen the new Avengers movie, uh, the Red Witch is is someone who can do mind control. So if the Red Witch got in there and started getting into people's heads, would be able to, to, to get the outcome that she was looking for. So... It made me think, (laughs) of course it made me think about this, uh, because it's so important, which one would win? And so you, you, you think about that, and if your thought process is like mine, that the question we would be asking ourselves is, what power of all of these powers trumps all the other powers? And so the strongest person with the strongest power would win. And I'm just going to tell you, if if you're going to follow that logic, you know who would have won the first Avengers movie? Loki. And you know who would win the second Avengers movie? Ultron. Sorry, sorry, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you're not going to want to after this. I'm going to completely ruin that movie. 
But, the, but when you look at it, and when we think that the most powerful person would win, and so with Loki in the first Avengers, he had all the backing of these other, these other troops coming from a different galaxy, another dimension. By all accounts, you would think he definitely did. He thought he would win. In the same way, the Age of Ultron, he, he was unbelievably strong, stronger than all of the Avengers, maybe even all of the Avengers together. But he lost, sorry. Okay, that's a spoiler. So who wins? Well, we know that, that in these Avenger movies, the one who wins is the one who's on the side of truth, the one who's on the side of, of what is right, Some, someone who is hoping for hope, fighting for hope. And so what happens is power, when self-centered, and, and the, the leaders become narcissistic, just totally enveloped in, in themselves, that that is the greatest weakness, and so these people fall. And so if there was a Hunger Games meets Avengers, who would lose? Everyone would lose. Everyone would lose because the one thing that they fought for, which was the things that were right, would now be turned in a self-centered way and every one of them would become the villain. I bring this up today because this... This really leads us to, to the final message, and this is about Avengers, and the Avengers are, are those who are fighting on the side of truth. They have the sword of the spirit. They have the word of God. And, and now as we look at that, the question really, as you look at the whole thing with Avengers, is something happens. The, the theme of that movie is that something happens that is so bad or so great that they realize that they cannot handle it alone, and even that all of them together most likely could not handle it alone. And, and what's so important, and, and what this message is about, and, and one thing that will really help you before we even get started, is you have to ask the question, what unwinnable battle are you in? What is the battle that I just don't, as I look at my life right now, I don't see how I, I win it? Maybe the battle you are having is with age, as you continue to get older and older, and, and you realize that, that without being too morbid, you know where this ends, and, and it ends with your death. Maybe it's with a, a sickness, and as you look at the sickness, the doctors haven't given you too many good options on where you need to go. Maybe it's in a relationship, that as you look at the relationship and the pieces that you have, that you would say it would take not just a minor miracle, but a major miracle in order for this relationship to work. Maybe your issue is with an addition, addiction, a hurt, a habit, a hang-up, whatever it happens to be that, that you look at it, a chemical dependency where you look at it and you realize, I can't win this battle, and the reason why I feel that is I've been losing it for years, and I don't understand how I can win. You tell me, because I have to believe that every person in this room is in a battle like this, whatever yours happens to be, and if you're not, if, if nothing comes to your mind just like that, 
I promise you, it will come. It, it is on its way. And, and it's a battle that you are going to need to fight. And today, today is when, as we look at the, the Avengers, is where God shows us how we win and, and, and what victory looks like in the life of a Christian. So at this time, I ask you to open up to your crosswalk notes. And, and where we are going to start uh, is in Ephesians. Really, the, this whole section, as we've looked at the, the shield of faith and the, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel, all of these things are from Ephesians chapter 6. And today our lesson is from Ephesians chapter 4. And it's Paul, as he's writing to the Ephesians, there wasn't anything really wrong in the congregation. There wasn't like a huge sin where he was warning them and, and telling them that things were bad. Actually, things were going pretty well. And so what he did is, is in his letter to the Ephesians, he, he paints the big picture. And the big picture is God's saving of the world through Jesus Christ. And then he takes a smaller picture, which is what that means for the lives of the individuals that are there. And so as we look at this, and, and, and we're keeping in our mind that what is this battle, this unwinnable battle that I'm fighting, this battle that I'm losing, that we need to start, as, as Paul does, with the big picture and understand that picture. So in Ephesians 4, verse 2, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. It's where we start. Completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. In the blank, you can write, being an avenger takes humility and patience. Humility and patience, which means you have to leave your ego at the door. Leave your ego at the door. Now, I thought about this in, in terms of the Avengers and, and, and how they work. I think we have a picture of the Avengers, uh, maybe from, from the movie. Yeah, this is one of the pictures there. And the thing about the humility when it comes to the Avengers and the Avengers movie is you have to realize, as you look at the four people in front, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and, and the Hulk, all four of them already have their own movies where they don't need anybody else's help. So they've proven with their track record that they can do it alone. But when it comes to the movie of the Avengers, what they realize is all of a sudden, even though they've been managing their own lives very well, when it comes to now this issue, they are in some serious trouble and they, they can't do it alone. And, and, and that takes humility. Humility to say, I need help, that, that I, I am in trouble, and I am not sure how I am going uh, to do this. And, and, and so part of the humility that we have is the humility of, of something Jonathan already led us to, and, and it's this recognition and a confession, which we do every week, of sin, and, and simply understanding that that is something that is very real in, inside of me, and, and the sinful part of me Ego is such a part of the sinful nature. I can do it. I don't, I don't need God. I can handle this. All I need to do is some changes in my life, and we're going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. I can get past this. 
And so what happens in our lives when we don't live with humility, that we are humbled. And, and things happen in our lives where we, we, we have it under control, we have it under control, we have it under control, we don't have it under control. And it's those humbling and humiliating times that are so difficult, but they're so important. Those are the times where, where God drives us to our knees and, and we're faced with this truth that we need help. Humility is related to patience because usually what happens is, is when people are going through this difficult time and there's an unanswerable question, they want someone else to be the superhero. Since I can't handle this, I'm not going to God, I'm going to go to you. Very often a spouse or a family member, someone else we're close to, uh, we called this last week, put on the cape. You know, we want you to be a superhero for us. And then when they let us down, that's awesome because now we can blame them instead of ourselves and we have a scapegoat. And that's why it's important to start with humility and patience. Understanding that both you and those around you need some serious help. Now, one of the things that, that as we look at this, I, I also wanted to think of was those who were villains. When you, you think of the villains, the villains have all the powers that the Avengers have. They're just misdirected. And, and a, a couple of things that, questions that I encourage you to ask yourself as you are facing problems, and, and these are a little bit of a litmus test. One of the questions that, that someone who's having a problem uh, needs to ask himself, herself, is number one, am I alone? That as I'm fighting this battle, am I alone in my fight? And, and so with, again, I can go back to the Avengers, if you've seen that, the first movie, it's Loki, Thor's brother, half-brother, whatever it is. But, but the point is, is Loki is alone. It's him against the world. In the Age of Ultron, it's the same thing. That person, when you look at those who are around, they're all surrounded by robots or people who are programmed to follow them. The second question that I would ask yourself, that as you look to ask yourself if you have a problem with humility, is who is your enemy? That, that as you, you look at life and you ask yourself, who my, who my enemy? If my enemy is my spouse and my enemy is my children, and my enemy is my family, uh, my enemy is the, the people in growth group, uh, my enemy is uh, maybe might be the pastors, or even my favorite, and I know you've been here before, my enemy is God. <laughs> Hello. That I think as you look at that, and when you realize that maybe that's where your anger lies and it's directed at those people who care about you and love and care about you, it's time to ask yourself the question, am I lacking the humility and the patience where I need to start? We go on from there. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And one of the, the, remember, we're in the book of Ephesians, and one of the words that's repeated over and over in Ephesians is the word grace. Grace is undeserved love. And, and so here, Paul points it very, very clearly, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
undeserved love that though he was rich, Jesus being true God, coming into this world, that for your sakes he became poor, born in a manger, lived a lowly life, uh, gave up the full use of of all of his powers as God and, and became obedient to death, death on the cross, so that you, through his poverty, through his suffering and his death for you, might become rich. We have everything we need, every spiritual gift given to us in Christ. And, and so as we think in terms of, of superheroes, and, and when you think about epic battles, this is a real life one, except it was Jesus against Satan. And, and Satan has some very powerful weapons in his arsenal. I, I just wrote some of them down. This, this is what Satan uses to fight against us. Guilt, anger, hate, selfishness, pride, fear, just to start. And when you look at, at Satan in the power of this world, don't think for a moment that he does not have power. But then when you look at Christ and his power, that, that when you read through the pages of scripture, it talks about him being almighty, all-knowing, eternal, uh, the ability to create, that, that this is who our God is. And so when you look at this epic battle that is going to take place, and you ask yourself, what is the power that as these two fight, what is going to be the power that wins? The power is love. The power is grace. That's what Jesus has that Satan does not have that grace to come and and save us. Even at times when we're far from humble, we're arrogant, when we're impatient, that especially at those times, Christ comes with his grace to forgive us and and, and break the chains that are holding us and, and defeat the enemy that we are afraid of. The second verse. This is a different kind of grace. It says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Now, what this is talking about is not the grace where where Jesus has shown love by saving us, but this is a love that Christ has given us and shown us by letting us serve him and be part of his kingdom and, and be part of his team. And so in the blank, you can write, each one of us has been given grace by Jesus, grace to be saved and to serve. Each one of us has been given grace by Jesus, grace to be saved and to serve. Okay, I know, I know there are people here who haven't seen Avengers, okay? And I'm not judging you right now, but it is making preaching this message very hard. But one of the people I want to introduce you to is, is uh, an Avenger that you um, might have never heard of. And his name is Hawkeye. I think we have a picture of Hawkeye here. This is from the original, uh, the original Avengers. And Hawkeye evidently has the ability to see good, which is great. Uh, but his strength is shooting a bow and arrow which has led my wife and I to have many conversations and her to be upset and to say, he is not a superhero. And, and, and the reason why that she would say that, this is, this is him in the first Avengers movie. This is him a little later in the first Avengers movie. Uh-oh, I'm out of arrows. 
Now I'm not a superhero anymore, so what am I going to do? Go beat bad guys with my bow? And, and, and not only that, but he's mortal. So, I mean, if he gets shot or something, he's going to die. And, and so if you, it's kind of funny. This individual, this actor was also on Jimmy Fallon, and he wrote a, a song that, about him being an actual superhero. If you haven't seen it, uh, Google it, go to YouTube. It is so funny about how he's, how he's trying to build himself up to think that he's really a superhero. But as we look at this, the reason why I bring this up is because you need to understand that when the enemy comes at us with issues, remember what this is about. This is the battles that I can't win. The first part of it is he tries to get you arrogant enough to say, I can win this battle and I'll do it by myself. But on the flip side of that, just as as deadly of, of a lie is to say, God has given me no tools for victory. I'm like Hawkeye. Once I'm out of arrows, I'm done. I'm useless. I'm not really an avenger. I have nothing to offer. And Christ would emphatically disagree. Because what he has given each and every one of us is grace. Grace not only to be saved, but grace to serve. And notice, as he apportioned it. So Jesus is the one who has divvied these things up and, and, and given us the gifts that we need to fight the struggles that God has put before us every day in our lives. This first part is about being on the right team. And with Christ and through Christ, we are. The next ones, then, as we go from here, this talks about we're on this team that Christ has put us on by grace. Now the next part goes into how we live for him and and what this means in a practical way. We go on, Ephesians 4, 4 to 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Wow, look, look at that emphasis of one, one God, one people that we are. And so in the blank, I want you to write, although very personal, although very personal, the walk of faith was never meant to be taken, or it was never meant to be taken alone. The walk of faith was never meant to be taken alone. I understand that, that there are different types of people that are here today. And I know that, that, that there are people here, and, and this is okay, that you, you come here to Crosswalk and you find a place, sometimes in the back, most of the time in the back, where you can come in in the dark and walk out in the dark and get off the patio as soon as possible. And, and if that's where you're at right now, you know what, that's okay. Because I understand that, that sometimes it just, it just takes time and, and this might be new to you. But I'm also telling you that Satan has a strategy when it comes to working with Christians. And the strategy is divide and conquer. And, and so the encouragement that I give you and what I do as a pastor and specifically as a discipleship pastor 
my encouragement is to bring you together. And, and not just to bring you together, but bring you together around God's word. And so right next to it, when it says it's never meant to be taken alone, I want you to write the word growth group. Surprise, surprise. Avengers is nothing more than the world's most popular growth group. <laughs> and they have a closed number of people who are allowed in it. So if you want to get in it, you can't. You have to start your own Avengers growth group. But the, this is so true. And it, it's something where, where when I talk to individuals, it's, it's just to recognize that God has given us a huge gift in himself but God has given us just as great a gift in the church. Part of the Apostles' Creed that, that we confess on different weeks is when we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints. And, and what that's talking about is that God has given you a, a support network in the church that is meant through the sword of the Spirit to give you encouragement through the word of God to, to fight the attacks that we are under every day and, and to recognize that. We go on from there. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Look at all those things. Some to be apostles, prophets, all of those different things to equip his people for works of service so we can do so many things. In the blank you can write, God has given us diverse gifts that are meant to be used as part of a team. Diverse groups that are meant to be used as part of a team. This also takes me back just for a moment to the Avengers. Uh, even if you don't know who all of the Avengers are, sometimes by looking at them, you know what their strength is. Iron Man has his suit and, and Tony Stark's brain. Thor has got his hammer. Captain America has a shield. Uh, the Hulk can pound things. Uh, but even off to the side, you, you have the, the Red Witch who, who has the mind control. Uh, Quicksilver's speed. Uh, Hawkeye shooting those arrows. Uh, and also the, uh, the uh, Agent Romanoff who, who has the ability to be a spy. All of those different things. And notice, some of them are more in the forefront. Others are in the background but every one of them has a gift that is used. And I can't imagine what it's like to write the script for the Avengers to make sure all of these different gifts are used. It must be very difficult for the author. But for God, that's exactly what he has done. For each one of us, every individual here today, as, as part of a team with gifts that God has given you. And so next to uh, where it says used as part of a team, I want you to write, Ministry team. Ministry teams. And so with ministry teams, really the question is, how do I take the abilities and the grace that God has given me to serve and, and my abilities to serve and my willingness to serve and how do I match it up with something that needs to be done? 
And so we encourage that as, as part of Crosswalk. And, and we'll talk about things like the setup on Saturday nights or, or, the, or the setup at Crosswalk Kids on Sunday morning or taking down after the service or all of these, these different jobs and, and ministry teams uh, that need help. But there's also other ministry that needs to be done when, when you look at the diverse gifts that you have. Some of these are meant to be apparent. Some of these diverse gifts are, are meant to be a spouse and use them as a spouse. Sometimes as a friend. Uh, sometimes as a good neighbor. Uh, someone who's there for others. And, and so th- this is where it gets difficult because as I look out here, so diverse a group of people that we have here today. But if I'm telling you that if you are not serving right now, you are missing out on an opportunity for, to grow personally. Uh, the, the, the way we usually say it is we don't use people to get work done, we use work to get people done. And we believe that. We believe that, that God, through the work that we do and, and showing humility and service to one another, that, that it changes me and it changes my heart. But there's a flip side to that too. And, and also, if you're, you are not serving, there's also probably work not getting done. And, and individuals or a friendship or whatever it happens to be that has not formed because you're not there. And so where, wherever it is, whatever gift that God has given you, the, the encouragement to develop that gift. We turn the page. And now we get specifically to, to the gift that God has given us. This goes to Ephesians 6 verse 17, and this is the, the weapon that he gives us. He says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Each one of us has the word of God. And, and the word of God, I, what I would say is all of us have it. And your understanding of it and, and your grasp of it and knowledge of it each one of us is how we sharpen that sword. And, and as we use God's word, that, that the more and more we use it, we, we sharpen it. As we use it in our own lives and, and, and share it with those around us. Ephesians 4.15, the section we're looking at as well, says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to, be, uh, to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So if this is the sword of the spirit, it's truth, it's God's word, the encouragement here is that we use it not as a club, beating people over the head with it, but we speak the truth in love, that, that we give encouragement, that, that we not only tell people the way it is, but, but we care about them as people as well. Next verse really helps capture this concept when it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And so in the blank you can write, God's word is meant to be used as a sword, not a club. And we use it in love to perform delicate surgery. The truth of God to perform delicate surgery. This morning, I've been trying to do that. 
the, the delicate surgery that I've performed on you and I've performed on myself during the week is that part with humility and patience and, and trying to get you to identify in your life times when you have not been humble or patient and to understand that, that that is an issue and the issue is called sin and I need to come to grips with it and I need to confess it and I need to be honest with God about it. Perform delicate surgery as I talk to you about the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Applying that, that salve to the wound uh, that, that God's law uh, gives us in our hearts and in our lives. That is the delicate surgery and it is so difficult because when we come in very often when there's sin involved, we do come in with that sword and we are ready to point out wrong. We are ready to uh, take our vengeance uh, to show you how much we've been hurt, I've been hurt, and to make you hurt as well. But that's not the purpose of the sword. The sword of God's law and his gospel, of, of being strong in truth and strong in grace, and, and recognizing that those are two sides of the same sword that God has given us uh, to work on hearts, to work on our own hearts, as well as the hearts of others. And now, what's, what's the result? Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So what's going to happen as we, as we continue to grow, as I'm humble, receive Christ's grace, part of the, these growth groups as I continue to grow in his word and I serve on ministry teams, God's word is a part of my life. I'm using it daily uh, to, to do the surgery, the Holy Spirit doing surgery on my heart, that I, that I recognize that as I do this, I'm going to start to, to grow up a little bit. And I'm going to see my problems and my, my life in a little bit different way. And part of that growing up is recognizing that it's not just all about me. Uh, that, that there is a God that I serve, that there are people that I serve, and, and understand that my life is not just about me. We continue, Ephesians 4, verse 16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. One more time, he goes back to this truth that we have the big picture of what Jesus has done, and now what happens in our lives, like part of a body, each part is doing its work. I'm doing my work as well. And the final verse, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of us is an avenger. Each one of us has been brought onto God's team. Each one of us has been shown grace. Each one of us has been given ability to act. And so, in the, in the last blank, when you are an avenger, when you are an avenger, God's word is shared. God's kingdom is strengthened. You are blessed and others are served. When you are an avenger, God's word is shared, God's kingdom is strengthened, you are blessed and others are served. So, so this would be the final question that I would ask myself. In this battle 
that I am fighting, in the struggle that I have, where, where I'm going through this, this difficulty in my life. Maybe it's a, the health issue. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Uh, maybe it's a financial issue. Whatever it is. My, my question is, what does the win look like? That, that as I look at the resolution of this, and I, I were to say with my problem, what does it look like when I win? I will tell you that my answer to that is usually when I get what I want. When it, when it is resolved the way that I want. When I say to God, God, this is what I want, and, and this is what it should look like. That's not God's resolution. And I'm, I'm telling you, if you are doing that, you're on your own team, you're out on your own, and, and you are in for some trouble. But now as you look at it in your life, think of it in terms of this, is how am I going to do this with God's word? Uh, how is this going to strengthen me as I go forward with the sword of the spirit? And, and as I do that, understand that even if God does not give me what I want, that, that if I continue to follow him, when I continue to follow him, when his grace guides what I do, I am blessed and others are served through me. This then becomes a game changer. It, it, it helps me to see things through, through God's eyes and God's eternal plan and his purpose in my life. We have been going through this message series, Superheroes, and each one of them has pointed us back to God and, and his promises and, and something that he give, gives us. And all of these are meant to be used together. When, when you think about it, of, of the breastplate and the belt and the helmet and the feet and the shield and the sword, that, that if you were to look at those and we ask the question, which of them is the most you know, powerful? Well, I tell you, if I was in battle, I wouldn't want to be in battle without any of them. And, and the beauty of it is, is you don't have to choose. That all of these, all of these gifts that God has given you, he's given to every one of you people here today. But don't forget the greatest gift. And, and that is the gift that God goes with you and other people. Last night I went to our, our recovery ministry and I, I have not seen this billboard. I don't know if you have, but evidently uh, there's a, a billboard in uh, Phoenix somewhere that says human contact lowers blood pressure. And someone there said, not mine. <laughs> and, and it kind of joked and said, yeah, with people around me, it raises my blood pressure and it, you know, it gets me angry or whatever. But when we look at this human contact and, and doing ministry together, not being alone, but being together, gathered around God's word with God's people, it makes you stronger, period. That's not my promise, that's God's promise. And that's my encouragement as you go forward today. Go forward with all these gifts that God has given you, but do it together. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for this message series uh, with the Avengers and uh, superheroes. It's just been, it's been fun for me to, to look at some of the things that go on in life uh, and in and, and the movies around us and see how some of those themes that these movies are built off come, come from your word because your word is so practical uh, and it talks about big issues in life. 
As we go from here today, Lord, help us to to go forward in humility, balancing between this humility on the one hand and also realizing that you have given us tremendous gifts and that you work in our lives. And each one of us here is part of, of of a group of avengers, of your children that are brought together by Jesus Christ. Help us now for the individuals that are here to, to consider a next step, a next step of being part of a growth group, a next step of being part of a ministry team, a next step of, of being uh, a loving spouse or a loving parent or a good friend or whatever it is, Lord. But, but help us to, to see areas where we are alone and to realize you have not designed us to live that way. So uh, give us your grace, grace not only to be saved, but grace also to serve. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Earlier in the service, I, I told you to may, maybe ask the question, who's my enemy? And sometimes that can show issues I have with humility. But as you leave here today, I think it's just important to ask the question, who is my ally? Who is on my team? And, and first and foremost, as, as we look at that with Christ, I mean, he brings us all together. But then at Crosswalk is also your ally. Uh, your brothers and sisters here, the, the growth groups that exist are your allies. The ministry teams here are your allies. And, and my encouragement is find out who those allies are and, and, and get closer with them uh, and be part of that team that God has called you to be on. And as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you peace. Amen. We'll see you on the patio. Have a great day.